When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. A warm up for the Evil. Welcome to Love You Las Vegas for Coast Kisses with myself, Greg Abe Speeders, and now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And we've got a tremendous podcast for you as we're going to be joined in segment number two by Ryan McIntyre. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. For those of you guys that listen to the Greg Peterson Experience, which that's on VEASAN from midnight to 3 Eastern Time, his co-host Kobe Dan joins me on there quite a bit. And Ryan, he does a great job riding along with Kobe over there on the College Experience Podcast. So figured I would get him on today as he spent some time on the South Carolina coaching staff when they were able to make their Final Four run in 2017. I know that he did a little bit of work with Bob Huggins' coaching staff over in West Virginia as well. So we're going to get his thoughts just on his March experience, what it takes to be able to get up for some of these games, a little bit of perspective there. We're going to dive into both of the games that we're going to be seeing on the card for this Saturday with him as well and get his thoughts on both of those games as well. And then in the final segment, I will give you guys my picks and analysis on the Elite Eight games for this college basketball Saturday as we hit some bank shots. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to write those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter as per usual. Please do send these into the timeline and the other way. That's fine. An Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not get in any Twitter questions today, but we had a fun day of college basketball on Friday, and we've got a pair of games from Thursday to clean up as well. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap. Do games get much more high quality than the way that we wrapped up Thursday? I was doing the Greg Peterson experience on vSIM when this game went final, which is why I couldn't give you guys a final last night on the podcast since I need to have this up by midnight Pacific time. But, man, Gonzaga comes back from being down 13 at the half, 79-76. to They take down UCLA from an all-time game from Drew Timmy, 36 points, 13 rebounds, and... I mean, the guy just left his imprint on this game for UCLA. They just completely tired out. There's no other way of putting it. They were able to do a nice job in the first half of turning over Gonzaga. The injuries just got to them, and if UCLA would have had Jalen Clark along with Adam Bona in this game, 
they perhaps win the national championship. And for UCLA, they very nearly come back from down 10 points with less than 230 remaining as well. Just one of the greatest games that you're going to find in a non-Final Four environment. And then Florida Atlantic, they were able to complete a comeback of their own as Tennessee was leading throughout much of the first, I would say, 28 or so minutes of the game. I think that Tennessee at one point was able to get up by nine or so points early on. And then Florida Atlantic, they use their defense to get it done 62-55. to 55. Just a classic brick job from Tennessee. They shot 33% from the floor, 6-23 from three-point range. And Tennessee won the turnover battle by kind of 12-6. to six. But for Florida Atlantic, they did a very nice job of being able to hit the glass. They actually lost the offensive rebound battle 17-12, to 12, but won the overall rebound battle by count of 40-36 to 36, as they got a nice performance from John L. Davis, 15 points. He went 0-3 from 3, but he went 9-10 of 10 at the free line, which was big because Tennessee, they went 7-12 at the charity stripe. And Florida Atlantic, now 34 wins for them. Florida Atlantic, 23-11-1 against the spread. So that is nothing short of terrific. And then in terms of Friday's action, both one seats went down in a fiery heap as San Diego State, our DK and Asia pick, we didn't even need the points apparently with them. They win outright 71 to 64 as Alabama was colder than an igloo in this one. They shot 32% from the floor and the fear with Alabama is always a bad three-point shooting night. Three of 27 from three. Brandon Miller had nine points on 19 shots. Six turnovers and 11 rebounds. Alabama actually did win the rebound battle 52 to 48, but they also lost the turnover battle 14 to 12 as it was Darian Trammell who came up big for San Diego State, 21 points. So the Aztecs are on to Elite Eight. Miami completely outs Houston by a count of 89 to 75 in this one. Miami goes 11 of 25 from three point range. Houston went 9 of 31 from distance. Yes, you had for Houston, Marcus Sasser give you 14 points, but you went just 2 of 8 from 3. Jamal Shedd, 15 points, 5 assists, but also 3 turnovers. Says Miami did a very good job of keeping it clean in this one, winning the turnover battle 8 to 6. For Miami, they play even up on the glass with no Chad Omir. 12 points, 13 rebounds, and Nigel Pack packed it in. This is why they gave him that NIL money. 26 points, 7 of 10 three-point shooting. Now, I'm not able to give you guys anything in terms of Princeton versus Greenberg and Xavier versus Texas because you're getting a nice weekend edition of the Greg Peterson experience from... 9 to midnight here on this Friday. Typically, I'm off on these days, but with it being the NCAA tournament, we do not sleep, so that means more hours for myself on VEASAN, and there's no place I would rather be in. Taking a look at the last seven days in college basketball, apparently the place that you want to be is betting on unders. 29 unders to 25 overs. This across the NCAA tournament, CBI, along with the NIT as well, and we've been seeing in the Sweet 16 among the six games that I have taken a look at. It's actually been relatively good for overs. We've gotten four overs to two under, so we shall see how the final two games do go, but also underdogs. 28, 25, and 2 against the spread in this time span, so it will make a little bit of coin on a lot of those dogs. They have been able to win outright, and this is a podcast in which we are in a little bit of transition as well, because 
while we've got all these games going on, we've also got a lot happening with regards to moves for players for the upcoming season as well. Guys hitting the transfer portal, guys announcing whether or not they're going to be coming back for another year of college basketball as well, like R.J. Davis, who is able to give UNC right around 16 or so points per game. He is going to be back in the fold for them for this upcoming season, so he and Armando Baycoat, they are going to be running it back, and then we've got other guys that are deciding, hey, I am going to be going elsewhere, like we did see Valparaiso decide that they were going to be moving on from their coach, Matt Lottage. So, that means 24 hours later, top scorer Ben Cricky was able to give the team 19.5 points, 5.9 boards, and right around two assists per contest. He has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. Just was not a great real blend for Valparaiso. As Cricky was able to do a nice job down low, but there was no three-point shooting whatsoever to be able to help this team out. So, he was pretty much a little bit lonely in the production that he was able to give. As we know, Micah Shrewsbury is not going to be the coach over there at Notre Dame. And Cormac Ryan, who was one of the top players for Notre Dame this last season, he has decided that he is going to be hitting the transfer portal as last season. He averaged 12 points, shot 34.5% from three-point range, four boards, three and a half assists. As a 6'5", little bit of a do-it-all player, began his career over at Stanford. So we shall see where he's going to be going. And we're noticing a lot of players following their coach, like Corey Gibson this last year. He was coaching at Northwestern State. And Jordan Wilmore has decided that he is going to be following him to his new stop over at Ossipee. Wilmore didn't really play a lot of minutes this year. He's 7'3", so if he's able to give you anything whatsoever, that'd be terrific. But 0.9 points, 2.1 rebounds, needs a little bit of coordination. But he's decided that he is going to be following his coach over there to the Governors of Awesome P. We also saw Joe Girard decide that he is going to be hitting the transfer portal. As we know, Jim Bayheim he has now stepped down. And for Girard, he has been really a stalwart in the ACC the last four seasons. A four-year starter that last year had 16.5 points. Three assists, shot right around 38% from three, 85.5% at the free throw line. Legitimately one of the better scores they're going to find in all of college basketball. We shall see where these two guards from down south are going to be heading as DJ Turned Up Horn. He was one of the bigger pieces for Arizona State making the NCAA tournament this past season as beginning career at Illinois State came over to Arizona State and put up with some pretty good numbers this last year. He had 12.5 points per game in his two seasons at Arizona State, shot between 35.5 and 36% from three-point range in both of his campaigns. No question there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be interested in him. And Keandre Montgomery was a big part of what we saw from Alcorn State the last two seasons. A team that has been able to make a quite a bit of money the last few years as for Montgomery. He was a double-figure scorer for them. Ten and a half points, four and a half boards. Not a guy that's going to go out there and light it up from three-point range, but did his, begin his career at Mississippi State. Six foot seven, a little bit of a do-it-all player. So I'm fascinated to see where he goes. Linton Brown was one of the top junior college players in college basketball a few seasons ago this last year at Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina team that they just couldn't really find their form. He shot 37% from three with eight and a half points per game. He is out there in the transfer portal. Lars Thyman has decided that he is going to be leaving Cal, a Cal team that they did away with Mark Fox and why Mark Fox got the amount of time they did, I have no idea, but he had nine and a half points, five and a half boards, a true seven-footer that does not really pop threes, but I mean, he's an okay free-throw shooter. 
he was able to make the best of a bad situation last season, so we shall see what the future holds for him. Jack Clark, who was able to give NC State 9.7 boards, began his career at LaSalle before heading to NC State. He's out there in the transfer portal. Some like it, Darius Maddox, I think, is also very intriguing as he had his season cut short due to injury as he played just 20 games this last season, was able to supply 8.5 points, shot about 32.5% for 387.5% the free line, and it was on just 2.23 per game two seasons ago, but shot over 50% from three-point range, so I find that to be fascinating. Evansville had a rough year this last year. They had a little bit of an exodus on Friday as well as three different guys, Preston Phillips, Gabe Spinelli, along Xavier Shisum Oko. They all decided that they were going to be entering into the transfer portal. None of these guys were necessarily like supreme players or anything like that. Phillips and Spinelli both averaged between about four to five points per game. Phillips was able to give the team 3.7 rebounds per game, which sadly is one of the better marks on this team, but not really guys that were making too big of contributions for them, so we shall see what happens there. Things really fell apart for Boston College this last year, and Demir Lankford, he decided that he was going to be entering in the transfer portal. Someone that this last year was able to give the team seven points per game, was banged up, and he's a 6.5 yard that shoots 26% from three-point range. We shall see what the market holds for him. And Laquell Hardnett, I think, is actually a very underrated guy in the transfer portal. He, this last season at Buffalo, was able to supply the team with 11 points, 7.3 rebounds per game for a Buffalo team that, let's call it what it is, they just were not playing a whole heck of a lot of defense, but... I do think that he has some potentially good upside as well as he towards back half of the season was really able to do a nice job of being able to rip down some boards as you take a look at what he was able to do in conference and he was averaging more like eight or so rebounds per game. So I think that he could be a good find for someone out in the transfer portal. And it appears as though Austin P under Mr. Gibson because I talked about him being able to get some of the guys that were playing with him last season at Northwestern State. He's already really hitting the portal, and he's really hitting the portal part as he was able to land Desi Jones, an all-Metro Atlantic performer this last year, as he supplied 12.5 points, 3.7 boards, 3.8 assists. Gibson, really an up-and-comer in terms of coaching college basketball, and Jones was able to shoot 41.5% from three-point range. He gets him in. He was a part of a Quinnipiac team that was relatively solid on the defensive side of things as well, so I think that that is a very good and a very nice ad for them. So we've got a lot that is going on there. And then in terms of the big-time coaching move, the man who was over at Sam Houston State this last season and Jason Hooten. Well, we're hooting about the fact that he has a new job as he has decided that he is going to be going to New Mexico State. He's been coaching up Sam Houston State really since the 2010-2011 season. A career win percentage at Sam Houston State of 60.5% and just the modicum of consistency for him as his last losing season was back during the 2011-12 season. So he's done a nice job being able to elevate this team. Really wasn't able to get them to the NCAA tournament or anything, but he was able to lead Sam Houston State to the NIT. They got an NIT win. They were a good three-point shooting team. They played under control. New Mexico State, they need just even a modicum of consistency and a modicum of discipline, and he certainly is going to be able to deliver that. So I do think that he's going to be able to change the culture for what is a 
right now not so great program with that regard. And then in terms of guys that are returning as well, I get these from John Rossi and it appears as though we've got some guys that have decided that they are going to be returning to where they were playing last season. Donovan Gregory, he was playing over at Appalachian State. He was able to supply the team with right in the neighborhood of about 13 points per game. He has decided that he is going to be coming back. Appalachian State was able to have a relatively nice year this last year, and he was in the middle of darn near everything. Four boards, 4.3 assists per contest. Not a great three-point shooter at right around 26% from three-point range, but Appalachian State, under Dustin Kearns, they've been able to do some nice things, so he's going to be back. Jalen Thomas, he has decided that he is going to be returning to Butler after he averaged seven points, four and a half boards, began his career at Georgia State, so we shall see what he's going to be able to supply for them this upcoming season. And then we are seeing a few guys declare for the NBA draft as well. Not too much of a surprise that Isaiah Stevens is going to be declaring. He is going to be maintaining his eligibility, so he could be back to be pretty much a Van Wilder of Colorado State this upcoming college basketball season. But he had a very nice year being able to supply Colorado State with 18 points, 6.7 assists, was able to do this all without David Roddy this last year. And I mean, he has shot at least 86% of the free throw line in each out of the last three seasons. He's been able to give out all of his assists while having 2.2 turnovers or fewer in three out of his four years as the main point guard. Cam Brown, he was playing at St. Joe's this last year, 13.5 points, six boards per contest. He has decided that he is going to be returning to St. Joe's for this upcoming season as well. And with Joe Girard, he entered into the transfer portal. He's also declared for the NBA draft. He's going to be maintaining his eligibility and Gigi Jackson, he's as good as gone. We all knew that he was going to be declaring for the NBA draft relatively soon. And he over at South Carolina, I mean, a South Carolina program that they just really couldn't get off the ground this last season. But he was still able to supply right around 15 points, showed some range from three-point range. I mean, this was a move that we all saw coming with them. So that's where we're getting in terms of the news front in college basketball right now. And that's what we got results-wise late Thursday into Friday as well. And coming up next right here on Coast Seems we've got to turn it forward, take a look at the Elite Eight, get a little bit of a coach's perspective from Ryan McIntyre, who does a great job over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And take a look at these games next on Coast Coast Seems with myself, Craig Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents. A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
This show slash podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. And over at BetterHelp, they're helping you try to be able to ease up on your life a little bit more because I'm sure that you, much like myself, wish you had a little bit more time on your hands, whether that be to pursue a hobby. I myself could use a little bit of sleep as I've been handicapping about like 300 games a week and you're not able to get a lot of sleep when you're working that much. So hopefully you appreciate it on this podcast. But that said... Therapy can be exactly what you need to be able to get a little bit more time on your hands to pursue exactly what you love. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Learn what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Coast today. That's C-O-A-S-T to be able to get 10% off through your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Coast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Vegas, with myself, Greg Eves Peters, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it's great to be joined by our guests, as Ryan McIntyre does a great job over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, 
he joins one of our other good friends, Colby Dant, over on the College Experience Podcast. As part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, you're able to find them wherever you get your podcasts. As he does a great job on that front end. I know that he also does the Ryan and Rush show as well. That I'm pretty sure is a little bit more West Virginia chatter as this is a man that actually served on the coaching staff of Bob Huggins a few years ago back at West Virginia. As to be able to follow Ryan on Twitter as at Moneyline underscore Max, spelled M-A-C altogether. And Ryan, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Hoops, what's going on, man? It's the best time of year. Sweet 16 almost in the books and we're looking ahead to the Elite Eight. Yes, sir. We are looking forward to the Elite Eight, and you're a man that you've got experience being on a coaching staff, being a part of the NCAA tournament. What do you make out of these teams that they are getting prepped for some of these big games? Because you've been able to live a little bit of it. You've been in some of these spots before yourself, and I have to imagine that in the 24 hours after a big NCAA tournament win, after a big conference tournament win, what have you, there's a lot of preparation trying to prepare for a next opponent like Kansas State is going to be doing for Florian Lank and like UConn is going to be doing for Gonzaga. Yeah, no doubt. And I actually was on Frank Martin's staff, the 2017 Final Four run, where we went nice. through the region in New York City. So, like, seeing the photos of Kansas State going through this run, it, like, brought back memory land. I got my iPhone. You know, you get the history notifications where it's, like, the six-year anniversary of where you were. And I saw there we were cutting down the nets at the Garden in 2017 when we beat Florida. It's such a chaotic time, especially when you're in the New York City region and the East Regional. You get one day prep, less than 48 hours, and you're ready to tip off the ball in the Elite Eight again. And I do think that that's very interesting that you bring up your past experience with South Carolina because – I know you guys had to play some games in the Garden to be able to get to the Final Four. And something that I've always noticed with college basketball is that whenever you get games at Madison Square Garden, a lot of them turn into breakfast. Now, we got the complete opposite in that Michigan State versus Kansas State game. Both of those teams, they were firing all cylinders. They were hitting their threes. Both teams got north of 90 in an overtime thriller. But I mean, that feels like it was a little bit more of a one-off, whereas a lot of these games, it does feel like it's a little bit more of a breakfast. What is sort of the environment like, and does it sometimes cause for shooters to be a little bit more out of rhythm? I think so, and I think that's why you see so many unders or first-half unders hit early in the tournament, and then it goes to a different level, especially in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, because not only are you on a new court or new atmosphere that you're not used to playing in, you're also at the world's most famous arena, the Mecca, as they call it, the Garden. So you can get lost in those lights if you're not ready to play, and I think just the nerves – of these 18 to 22 year olds can get to these guys sometimes coming out of the gates. And that's why you see sometimes like Tennessee and FAU where they both shot the 30% and what we had a 27, 22 halftime game. Yeah, that was a game of which things were really bogged down. And I do think that that is going to lead to a good matchup in the garden. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Ryan McIntyre does a great job over there with the sports gambling podcast network. And Ryan, when it comes to Kansas state versus Florida Atlantic, most places have Kansas State as a two-point favorite. I'm seeing a few straight one and a half with a total of 144 and a half. And I do think that the total is very fascinating because when it comes to this total, I do look a little bit more at the under because with Kansas State, they're a little bit more of an up-and-down team. Meanwhile, Florida Atlantic, I always like to call them a chameleon because they're able to play fast when they need to. They're able to play slow when they need to. But I do think that Marquise Noel, no doubt about it, just like he did a few nights ago, he's going to be trying to give it his all. He's going to be out there competing very hard. But I think for him to be able to make it through the 40 minutes, perhaps even more if this game goes overtime, Kansas State is probably going to need to play a little bit more slowly 
than they have throughout much of the season just to be able to get them to the finish line. I agree with you, and I think both teams are underrated defensively. You kind of look at the advanced analytics of both teams. They're kind of mirror images of one another, both just really solid, both on the offensive and defensive side. You mentioned it. Yes, Marquise Noel has an ankle injury, and thank God for Kansas State fans, he was able to finish that game. But who knows where he's going to be at once he's had to sleep on it back-to-back nights and then you got the quick turn, less than 36 hours coming into this Elite Eight game. I think it's going to be a physical game as well. It seems like all these Elite Eight games, the deeper you get into the tournament, become more and more physical. No doubt about it. We certainly saw that with the first half of the San Diego State versus Alabama game from Friday as well, which we are doing this as we don't know what that Elite Eight matchup is going to be in Louisville, Kentucky on Sunday, but I can assure you that that is going to be a game that is going to be involving some tough, tenacious defense, whatever two teams Mm -hmm. you do get out there. And I think that that one is a fascination. And then the game that is going to be out here in lovely Las Vegas, that is going to be the UConn versus Gonzaga game. And I find this one to be of intrigue as well. It's going to be the highest total that we get out of these Elite Eight games, because let's call it what it is. Even though we don't necessarily know who's going to be making it out of Friday's games to play on Sunday, we're not going to see any of those two games have a total between 153 and a half to 154 like we've got with Gonzaga versus UConn. But what do you make out of this matchup? Because I think the higher the scoring the game, the better it is for Gonzaga. Meanwhile, with UConn, they're just such a well-rounded team. And with Drew Timmy coming off of a career performance of north of 35 points, I think that UConn is going to do everything possible to make sure that that doesn't happen to them once again. And I think that they've got more than enough to ensure that they do not suffer that same fate. Yeah, and I think UCLA kind of played into Zaga's game, that is, where they were running and gunning in the first half. And yes, I know they had the lead, but you just knew that UCLA, with the way that they like to grind games out, couldn't keep the pace for 40 minutes. I think UConn, like you said, they kind of can play in a bunch of different styles. They can run and gun with you. They can grind you out in the half court. It's going to be really interesting because Timmy, I don't think, has seen a one-two punch in the middle Twin Towers like with Sonogo and Klingon all year with what he's going to see with UConn. So I'm with you. I like the under as well in this game. I do think that that is going to be one of very big fascination. And Ryan, what do you make out of the four teams that are going to be playing on Saturday? Because I take a look at these four teams and I do think that the most well-rounded of them is UConn. It's a short line. I'm going to be willing to lay the two. Really wouldn't want to lay anything more than two in this spot with UConn. But I'm just very impressed by the way that they have been able to play recently because they were so tremendous when it came to their out-of-conference schedule, when it came to going out to Portland, being able to win all those games. They hit a little bit of a rut in January, and I feel like we really have maybe over-criticized them for that rut that they hit in January because aside from about four to five bad games in January, this UConn team has looked like at minimum a top four team in all of college basketball this year. Yes, and I completely agree with you. And I think we've seen this a couple times over the previous years where a team is so dominant in the non-conference and they just get a little bit complacent or their league with the good scouting of the Big East and how physical it is. They kind of just hit a little bit of a wall there. They lost, what, six out of eight. I mean, since February 1st, they've only lost two games. You look at their runs in 2014 and 2011, the last two national championships, they only had one non-conference loss and they kind of hit the same wall like in 2011 when they were 9-9 and in the Big East play. The Big East is just such a gauntlet, kind of like the Big 12, where it wears you down and, and once you just get out of it, you can get on a little bit of a run. I'm with you. I love UConn on Saturday. I think it's a bad matchup for Gonzaga. I think they can match them up with their size, athleticism, and I think the Huskies are going to go to the Final Four again. 
Yep, I totally agree with you. I do like UConn to be able to make it to the Final Four. Gonzaga, they should have a very good turnout in terms of fan support out here in Las Vegas because they play in this city every single year, but this UConn Mm -hmm. team, it just feels like they're on another level right now. And Ryan, I'm so glad that you brought up the gauntlet of the Big 12 because, I mean, you're someone that you coach out in the Big 12 for a few years on Bog Huggins' staff, and I don't think I'm sharing any trade secrets here when I say that the Big 12 by far was the best conference in all of America this year. And I do think that that is going to bode very well for Kansas State in this spot. I think that we need to give all the credit in the world to Florida Atlantic being able to make the Elite Eight and the Marquis Noel injury. It certainly does need to be taken into account. But I take a look at the line of two with Kansas State and I'm going to be willing to wait. It's sort of like with that circumstance with UConn where I don't want to be laying really anything more than two in this spot. But I do think that Kansas State, with being battle-tested and even with the injury to Noel, having a very, very good player, Keontae Johnson, able to help him out, being able to do so many things, it's just going to be a little bit too much for Fly Atlantic to match up with. Yeah, you and I are on both the same sides. I love K-State. I've, I've loved them. We did the show right before March Madness all began when the brackets came out. I love their guards. It's not just Marquise Noel. I know he's kind of captured the national audience because he's the little guy from New York City in the garden. But, I mean, you look at who else they got. They got Keontae Johnson. They got Sills. They got other guys. They got size inside. They've just been a team of destiny, it feels like, all year. And they got through the Big 12. I mean, any team that can get through that league and get to the finish line and win a couple games, it's hard to count them out this time of year. I am in total agreement with you as joining me on the podcast. We do have Ryan McIntyre. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And Ryan, I do want to get your take on this as well because I know that you were a part of that South Carolina team that as a seventh seed, you guys were able to make the Final Four. Just what is it like when you get into an environment like this and how much can momentum carry a team because that is something that I always find to be so intriguing about handicapping these games in March. We are now down to the Elite Eight, so I mean, fewer and fewer Cinderella stories are here, but as we know, the winner of Kansas State versus Florida Atlantic, neither of those teams were a one seed or a two seed with Gonzang, UConn, both of those teams were outside the top two seed lines. How much do you make out of momentum? Because I think that that plays so much more of a role how you've been looking the last 30, 35 days, somewhere in that neighborhood, rather than taking a look at that when it comes more to conference play, because I do think that a run like this and momentum, which I know that there are some that aren't believers in it, I am a believer in it, and I do think that it really manifests itself more this time of year, really, than at any other point. Yeah, it's definitely a real thing, especially when you got veteran guards, as they are controlling the tempo, and I think that's why you see the teams that have the dominant bigs, like the Big Ten teams or Zach Eady at Purdue, they kind of peter out earlier because they don't control the tempo of the game. You see, like, for example, the Yukons with Shabazz Napier, Kemba Walker. This time of year, it's all about veteran guards and, and getting stops, and it's about making timely shots, and it seems like these veteran guards over the years can just dictate the tempo. Obviously, coaching does matter as well, so I'm with you. Momentum is a big-time thing this time of year, especially with these teams, kind of like Kansas State. I think they're going to have more of a home atmosphere in the in the Big Apple, not the Little Apple, as they call it in Manhattan. <laughs> I think that can just push a team over the top over those last four or five minutes. The team from the Little Apple and the Big Apple, I absolutely yep. love it. And one other thing that I do want to get your thoughts on as well, because I know you were just mentioning veteran guards. I think that that's very important. And typically, veteran guards leads into something else that we notice as well. And that's 
just chemistry and teams that have been together for multiple years because I take a look at the teams that we're going to be seeing on Saturday. Kansas State, no doubt, they added at the transfer portal. They brought in Jerome Tang. It's a new coaching staff, so there were quite a few moving parts there. And, I mean, we've got to give all the credit in the world to Jerome Tang for what he's been able to do in season number one. This has been nothing short of one of the best coaching jobs in all of college basketball, in my opinion. But Florida Atlantic is not necessarily a team that brought in a lot of guys via the transfer portal. And the guy that they brought in in Vladislav Golden, he's been with the program for multiple years after coming in from Texas Tech. You caught it the transfer portal, but it's not like they made wholesale changes. They brought in a few pieces to accentuate what they do. And for Gonzaga, these are largely a lot of the same guys that we saw last season as well. How much do you value teams that they just have been together for multiple years? You're able to keep relatively the same starting five from year to year because I think that that is so important in March as well. And I think something that just gets so forgotten in this day and age of basketball where everyone wants to look at flashy stats is just how long a team has been playing with one another. I think you can get enamored with the portal, like you said. Like Arkansas seems to be a darling this time of year. But you look at the two last national champions, Kansas, with Abaji and Braun and McCormick and those guys, that core, they had been through the war together for two, three years. The year before that was Baylor with those veteran guards of Butler, Mitchell, and Teague, Mark Vital in the middle. It's kind of finding a happy medium. Yes, you want to be able to use the transfer portal, but I don't think solely depending on the transfer portal is a championship formula. So I am more of the traditionalist where I want to build my core with the foundation of guys that come up through the program together, but then add a piece or two through the portal. Yep, I'm right there with you because like you take a look at North Carolina last year, they were able to make that run to the national championship. Really four out of their five guys that were starters on that team. They were remaining from the Roy Williams regime. They brought in one guy in Brady Manick, that one perhaps missing piece to be able to take them over the top. And that was massive for them. Not necessarily a guy that is going to go out there and get you 20 points per game or anything like that. But that one guy that could sort of be like a number three, number four option. Remy Martin was that for Kansas last year. UConn, they bring in someone like Tristan Newton to be able to help them out as a nice guard that's able to give you a few assists, be like a number three scorer. These are the guys that you really want to get in the transfer portal, in my opinion. And these are the teams that have been successful and a man that is very successful on the podcast front. That'd be you, Ryan. I know that you do great work over there with the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I know that you're on with Kobe Danton. I know that you do a few other podcasts over there with the Sports Gambling Podcast Network along with the Ryan and Rush show. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Like you said, I'm over there at a college basketball experience with Kobe Dan every single night. It's a fun time. So hop in with us. We preview and handicap every single game on the slate. The Ryan and Rush show is a West Virginia podcast. So go check us out as well. We not only do basketball, but we do football. Football is right around the corner. We'll do a little baseball. I know you're a baseball guy as well. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, my first baseball podcast, taking a look at some season wins, that is going to be up within the next 24 or so hours as well. So I'm certainly looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to all the great work of Ryan McIntyre. He does great work over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He used to be on the sidelines taking a look at college basketball over there at South Carolina along with West Virginia. So he's got good firsthand knowledge of what it takes to be able to win in March, and it was great to be able to get his insights today. A big thanks to Ryan for joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Visa family podcast, and coming up next, we're getting fewer and fewer games, but that means that we're getting bigger and bigger games. We've got two Elite Eight games for this college basketball Saturday. I'm going to give you guys quick some analysis for both of them as we hit some bank shots. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury 
with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything, for every passenger, feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything, for every passenger, feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. And we're right here in Las Vegas for Just Guess Who with myself, Greg Oops-Peters. And now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. It was great to get Ryan McIntyre of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network aboard. He does a great job as one of the co-hosts over there with the College Experience over with Kobe Dan. For those of you guys that watch my show on Beeson, the Greg Peterson Experience, he is a regular contributor there. He does amazing work. And Ryan, he actually used to be on the coaching staff of one Bob Huggins, so was great to be able to get his insights today. A big thanks to Ryan for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast as we're getting fewer and fewer games, but we still have plays. We've still got two amazing games on the board, so give you guys picks and analysis on both of these games for this college basketball Saturday as we hit some bank shots. Most financial establishments close at a certain time, but not here. It is time for a side and total on every game on today's betting board bank shots. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRS41. Very easy to go on Las Vegas rotation order with this one. The early game of Florida Atlantic versus Kansas State is first, and then we're going UConn versus Gonzaga. And the DK Nation write-up, that is going to be on this first game of Florida Atlantic versus Kansas State, 651-652. Out there at the Garden, it is Kansas State, who is between a 1.5 to a 2-point favorite. Total pretty much across the board is a 144.5, and my write-up here is actually going to be on this total under. Big reason why I do like this total under is because I do think that Kansas State, who plays at about a number 41 rate in terms of total possessions per game, it's going to be slowed down just a little bit. Marquise Noel, we saw the Herculean feat that he was able to put in in the Sweet 16. 
Gotta think that he's not going to be 100% for this game. No doubt about it. You're going to get Marquise out there. I think that he's going to be able to still function relatively well, but you can't expect him to be playing at that same up-tempo rate that he typically does. And even with Marquise Noel at 100%, they have turned the ball over quite a bit this year in a roadside shoot record environment. They turned the ball over on 20.3% of possessions. That ranks right around 304th in all of college basketball. So that's an issue going up against the Florida Atlantic team that ranks in the top 10 nationally in opponents' three-point shooting percentage in a roadside shooter court environment and ranks in the top 10 overall in opponent field goal shooting percentage. Florida Atlantic in their six tournament games between their conference tournament and the NCAA tournament have allowed 70 points or fewer in every one of them, and they do a good job of rebounding by committee as each other top three scores. Vladislav Golden, the seven foot one gentleman, John L. Davis, Elijah Martin, they all give you between 5.2 and 6.4 rebounds per game. The big man in Golden gives you a little bit over a block, 10.2 points per contest. Martin and Davis combine for about 27 points per game. He combined two and a half steals per game while shooting has collected about 37.3% from three-point range. But Florian Lang does rely quite a bit on the three-point shot. And Kansas State has done a good job with their three-point shooting defense as well. Opponents are shooting 30.3% from three-point range against Kansas State this year. That ranks 21st in all of college basketball, actually 30.5%. But still, Kansas State, they've done a good job of being able to shut down the three-pointer. Florida Lang, they are number 25 in the country in terms of percentage of their points that they get from made threes as they get 37% of their points from those made threes for Kansas State. Certainly, the defense has been a little bit hot and cold, but they've given up fewer than 70 points in two other last three games, so that's a little bit of an encouraging sign, and I do think that Keontae Johnson is going to be a hard guard for this Florida Lang team. He's been able to supply Kansas State with 17.7 points, seven boards, shoots 40% from three. What I do find intriguing about Florida Atlantic as well is that they're a little bit of a chameleon in that if you want to play fast, they'll play fast. If you want to play slow, they'll play slow. Out of 363 D1 teams, they're right around 175th in all of college basketball in terms of total possessions per game, and both of these teams are deep. I'm talking about the big man in golden for Florida Atlantic, someone like John Carlo Rosado coming off the bench for them. He has been good. Someone like Brian Greenlee has been able to give you multiple assists. Shoots 39% from three. Nicholas Boyd, nine points, 4.3 boards, two and a half assists. Shoots nearly 40% from three. But for Kansas State, you've got nice contributors for this team as well. Ismail Mossad had his moments in that game against Michigan State. He stepped up for 15 points. He's six foot nine. He's been able to bury north of 40% of his threes. Desi Sills is not going to go out there and shoot threes, but he's been able to give you a steal per contest as Kansas State. They turn the ball over quite a bit, but they force north of 15 turnovers per game themselves, and that is a big reason why I do like this total under. I do think that this is going to be a game that is going to be slowed down due to Marquis Noel not necessarily being 100%, but I think that this guy is just such a gamer that he's going to be able to give Kansas State just enough to be able to pull this off. Florian Lank has had an amazing year at Conference USA. It's lost one postseason game this far in the entirety of the NIT, CBI, and NCAA tournament. And that's because, well, you had two Conference USA teams in the CBI. So one of them did have to lose. But I think that Kansas State just has too much front-end talent. Even with Noel being a little bit banged up, I think Kansas State has just enough to be able to get it done. My write-up here is going to be on the under set. My total at a 139.5 for Kansas State. Made them a 2.5 point favorite, so going to be willing to lay the number. And then we go to 653, 654 on the betting board. This is UConn and Gonzaga out here in lovely Las Vegas. 
pretty much across the board. I'm seeing UConn as a two-point favorite. There were some one and a half out there. Those have dried up. Totals any between 153 and a half and 154. Mostly seeing 153 and a half, and that's the max I'm willing to go over on. But I'm willing to take a 153 and a half over Gonzaga going into the Sweet 16, 175th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. Defense has been a little bit better as they've given up 73 points or fewer in six out of their last eight games. But still, now you have to go up against a UConn team that I was talking about the balance with Florian Lank, a team that ranks in the top 20 nationally in terms of both points scored and points allowed on a per possession basis. I mean, this UConn team, they do an absolutely amazing job in all facets of basketball. As this team ranks in the top four team in terms of both points scored and points allowed on a per possession basis. Drew Timmy had an amazing game in the Sweet 16 against UCLA, but much of that was because Adam Bono was not in the fold. So Gonzaga, they just kept going down to him. 36 points, 13 rebounds in that game, and Timmy does lead Gonzaga in four separate categories. 21 half points, 7.5 rebounds, 3.2 assists, and a block per contest, but now you've got a UConn team that, as a committee, they just completely maul on the glass as each out of your top six scores give you at least 3.7 rebounds per game. Five of them give you at least 4.3 boards per contest. You've got Donovan Klingon, who's able to give you right around 1.8 blocks per contest. He's just a giant of the earth. Adama Sanogo makes things a go-go. 17.5 points, 7.5 boards. Shoots 35.5% from three. Jordan Hawkins, Tristan Newton both shoot 37.7% from three-point range. And for UConn, it's all about taking care of the ball. They do turn the ball over right around 13 times for contest, but we've just seen it with this Gonzaga team. It's not one that's going to go out there, generate a bunch of turnovers. They're outside the top 175 in terms of turnovers force on a per-possession basis. Now, this Gonzaga team, no question about it, they have been tremendous with their offense, number two in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. Julian Strother shooting 42% from three at the clutch shot to be able to lift Gonzaga to victory in that game over UCLA. And Anton Watson, under the radar, has been very solid. 11.3 points, 6.2 rebounds per game, but over the last 15 games, he's been averaging a little bit over seven boards, right around two steals. He's able to shoot right around 36% from three in this time span. So I do like the way that he's been able to come along, but I do think that UConn, just too tough on defense. At some point, you need to play a little bit more defense than Gonzaga does in the NCAA tournament. UConn, they certainly checked that box, and UConn has been one of the most profitable teams at all of college basketball. 24-11-1 against the spread. They are showing that might that they had at the beginning part of the season, that they were one of the top teams in all of college basketball. Gonzaga, I think, is going to be able to hold in there on offense, but this is also a UConn team that they've been able to get their offense going as well, at least 70 points in four out of their last five games. Meanwhile, you've got a Gonzaga team that is starting to regress once again with their defense, while the offense has gotten to at least 77 in each other last five games. So, at a 153.5 or less, I'm going to be looking to go over with UConn. Made them a 2.5 point favorite, so one to lay up to two with them, and that will wrap things up. For the Saturday edition of Coast to Coast Sleeps Out, part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts, a big thanks to Ryan McIntyre of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network for joining me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Sleeps, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gn underscore Keep in mind, letters EM. Maybe it does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, irritable fire and whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the college basketball season, and that means I'll be coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can be all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you and you're able to learn more over at BetterHelp.com. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com.